If you guys have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew chapter 3. And I'm going to read this. I'm going to pray this opening uh, prayer for us, and then I'm going to read the scriptures. And like I was telling you kids earlier, pay attention to the scripture, and then see what the Lord would speak to you about it. And then that's that's kind of where our art comes from. We can worship at doing this art. Our Father, allow your Holy Spirit to reveal to us this wise picture of Jesus' life. Teach us to listen, consider, and implement what we see into the way we live. Let us see your kingdom anew, and let our desires be to seek and follow your ways. Jesus, we want to be your disciples. Help us live our lives for you. Amen. This is Matthew chapter 3, 1 through 12. In those days... John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, And his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to see him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath of come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire." I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hands, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with the unquenchable fire." We're actually going to spend a couple weeks, at least two, maybe three, in this particular section of, uh, of text, in this scripture, because looking at the man, this man, John the Baptist, this isn't the only time we see him in the book of Matthew, but he's an important figure, but he's also a really odd figure, isn't he? He's a strange guy. According to Jesus, though, he is the greatest man to have ever lived. And even in that, Jesus said, he's the greatest man who ever lived. But if we become the least of these in his kingdom, we can be even greater than John in God's kingdom. Now, I have to say, in studying this week, I prayed, I read, I went to commentaries. I've thought a lot about John the Baptist over the last couple years. However, I I had a conversation that was most helpful. And I, I think, you know, I like giving credit where credit's due, right? So some of these thoughts are from 
my dear friend and sister, Shawana Thomas, who she's a new friend and sister in the faith. And her and I started this conversation over Christmas. And then we carried on with it later this week. And she is a, she's a powerful preacher and someone who just loves Jesus. And I was truly blessed by her idea of John the Baptist. But I remember at Christmas, she told me, she said, she said, Scott, my favorite Bible character is John. Because he's a little bit odd. He's a little bit out there. And sometimes when we're worshiping Jesus and we're walking with him and we're just allowing our lives to be shaped by him, it looks a little different. And I don't want to be scared to be different. And to that I say amen. Because even in John, in his odd odd appearances, in his odd diet, in all these things, he is preparing the way for Jesus. And he gets to prepare the way for us to follow Christ as well. And we get to take John's life seriously as we look at it. And as we get into this text this week, it's worth noting, if, if you notice, the last week we finished up with Matthew chapter 2, where Jesus was returning from Egypt to Israel and settling in Gal- a city named Nazareth in the region of Galilee. And in this picture, Jesus was less than 12 years old because we have a picture of Jesus when he was around 12, when he went to the temple, but this was before that. And we don't know exactly how old he was. And as we get to the beginning of Matthew chapter three, Jesus was a grown man. A lot of time had gone past. And I think it's worth noting for us that we will see much of the next of his three years of life. And then we can live out our life with him, seeing the rest of what he's done in in history as well. But as we get into John or Matthew chapter three, in those days John the Baptist came preaching in Judea in the wilderness of Judea. This skipped a lot of time. It jumped ahead. We don't see Jesus in his teens or his twenties. We don't have as big a picture as we want and it reminds us as one commentator said that the book of Matthew is not a biography it doesn't tell us every little step it doesn't go through sequential uh, order or anything however the book of Matthew is meant to lead us to Jesus and assist us in following him so even though we don't see everything that uh, we want to see We still get to follow Jesus, even though scriptures don't give us all the answers that we'd like to know. Amen. We can it gives us what we need to follow Jesus with everything that we are each step at a time. And in the person of John the Baptist, we get this picture of an odd looking wild man. I figure his hair is a bit crazy, too. Right. It doesn't say that, but that's just kind of how I picture him is. His beard is all scruffy and he didn't fit in and he wasn't meant to either. He wasn't meant to. He was odd for a reason. And the reason that he is odd is because he was following what God had for him. John knew his role. He knew what he was supposed to do. He went about it. He followed God and all that he was doing. He knew the calling from God that he had on his life and he lived it regardless of what people thought about him. He cared more about what God thought than what people thought. There's a lesson in that, isn't there? John's calling was 
to prepare the way, to go out before Jesus, to get people to start talking, to start expecting this Messiah that was promised in scriptures to prepare the way for the coming Messiah who was Jesus. John, in this, John preached the truth relentlessly, fearlessly. He spoke hard truth, but necessary words. He didn't mess around with needing to be loved by people or needing people to love him. In this way, John displays to us humility before his maker. He was not trying to make a name for himself or trying to be remembered. He was walking in humility and following the path that God had before him. In this, he calls the leaders of that day broods of vipers. He says, hey, you're about ready. Who, who called you to come repent? Get out of here. The axe is already laid for you. That's a hard word. And yet he delivered it. And this calling that John had on his life cost him everything. In fact, it cost him everything. It cost him everything. His whole life was devoted to preparing the way for Jesus. And one of the things we've seen Matthew do already in in just three chapters in, or starting our third chapter, is over and over again, Matthew is quoting the Old Testament. The Hebrew Scriptures. He's trying to lay out an argument that he was using the Scriptures to show that Jesus really was the Christ, the Messiah. Now, in order for him to be the Messiah, there had to be someone who came in the spirit of Elijah. This quote in verse 3 that says, prepare uh, uh, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, was 700 years It's from Isaiah 40, verse 3, and it was written 700 years before Jesus. And not only is John this person in the wilderness, he is seen as a prophet. That's why people go out to go after him. He knew his scriptures, and he represented Elijah. He came in the spirit of Elijah, and Elijah was a person. He was a man of action, who was a prophet, and he... um, Anybody who would know the scriptures that Matthew had quoted before would know who Elijah is because it's in the scripture before. Elijah was a bit of a wild man just like John. He didn't fit in either. God asked him to do some crazy things, and you know what he did? He did them. God asked Elijah to speak some harsh words to the leader, leaders of that day, and you know what? He, he did it. Elijah preached repentance, and John would have been seen in the same light. This is one of the reasons why people came out to see see him. They knew to be expecting this person because it was prophesied before, and they wanted to see him for themselves. And John, when they got out there, John preached repentance. John knew why he was sent. He wasn't in soft clothes, and he didn't preach soft messages either. It wasn't to allow all the questions posed to him. He wasn't there to solve them all. That wasn't his, that wasn't his role. He wasn't there to explain all the mysteries of God that we'd want to know. John wasn't preaching to each itching ears. He left some things unsettled. And by the way, as a preacher, that's not easy to do. 
It's not easy to do. John was preaching with power and authority from on high the message that God had for him to preach, and he preached it. And as John preached the truth that God spoke to him, it cost him everything. Cost him everything. John preached to the power structure of that day, and he lost his head because of it. And yet he went out doing what? Preaching the truth. Preaching the truth. This wild man just didn't fit in. He was certainly out there. That's the picture that this is trying to paint. He was odd. And there are times as followers of Jesus when we get to feel like this as well. We get to feel like this. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of mankind. And as we follow Jesus, we will look and act much different than the kingdoms of earth. I'm not saying we are all called to be like John. We're not. But we are all called to follow Jesus. And this is not always easy. And there are times when we're just simply going to feel odd. Again, I don't think this scripture, we can read it and say, okay, I brought you guys some camel hair. I'd like you guys a new clothes for us today. Or here's some wild locusts. Some of us might like that. And here's some honey. And, and some of us uh, might like that as well. But that's not what we are to do. There are going to be things that God might ask of us that have you feeling like, Lord, am I to be a wild man? Am I, am I, am I to wear these clothes? Am I to say this thing that might get me in trouble or might make me look strange? And yet we get to take this seriously. Here's my question that I have for us today. Do you know why you are sent? Do you know why you are sent? John did. He lived it out. We get to uh, take this seriously. And if you do know it, are you living in it? Are you living in the thing that God has called you to do? See, John lived in the wilderness which the wilderness is a dry and lonely place, right? That's the metaphor we see over and over in the Psalms. This dry and lonely place, it was desolate and it didn't have all the comforts of the city. And he lived there because he knew that he was to prepare the way for Jesus. And I will say this, sometimes the desert is the best place to hear from him. Sometimes in the wilderness, feeling lonely, feeling ostracized, it's the best place time to hear God speak to you in the best way to listen without these comforts. And I will say that there are some who live in the comforts of cities, comforts of cities, because that's what God asked them to do. And there are some who don't. So John was one who wasn't. But I'd ask again, do you know why you were sent? Do you know what you're supposed to do for Jesus? We get to take this seriously and consider it today this can be a hard question to answer amen like i I know sometimes i i i was reminded of this week i was on a plane to haiti and i was thinking i was reading this book about doing good works for jesus mo was pregnant at home with hadassah and i was going to be away from her for two months i felt like we were sacrificing a lot for this moment and i remember being on the plane going like God, I know you told me I was going to be in Haiti, but what am I doing? Am I really supposed to be doing this? Questioning him. Going, God, can... So, like, this idea of, do you know what you're supposed to be doing? Do you know why you were sent? 
It's a hard question to answer, and sometimes we'll have doubts about it. And by the way, we'll look later in scriptures where John does too. But we have to spend some time thinking about it. Spend some time praying about this. And I pray that we get an answer, and not only will we get the answer, but we can start living out what God has prepared for us, or that he will just encourage us to keep going on the way that we're already going. We, too, are to prepare the way for Jesus in the lives of those around us. This is our work. This is what we get to do as ambassadors for Christ. We are to show the love of Christ. We are to speak the truth in love. We don't have to fit in, but we can be kind and invite people to repentance as well. Next week, we're going to look at the message that John had, that being repent, and we're going to dive into it in great detail. But we need it today as well because repentance is about death to self. It's about death to self. It's the exact opposite of selfishness. If we are sent to represent Jesus as John has done, let me ask this question. How are we doing? How are we doing? And I know that 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 question can bring guilt and shame, and I'm not trying to bring guilt or shame into that conversation. However, there is an honest evaluation that needs to take place maybe today and continuing throughout the week. What are the areas of our lives where we have to repent and turn away from so that we might turn back to the ways that God has for us? What has God sent you to do? We can ask it this way. Have we busied ourselves with trying to fit in? This is preaching to itching ears as followers of Christ. This is simply just going, hey, I'm just doing me. Like, and I'm just loving, and I, I, this is something that I don't like conflict, right? And if those of you don't like conflict, this is a temptation. This is a temptation. Or have we taken the walk that we have with Jesus, have we taken that seriously for us? Because if we take it seriously, it might cost us everything like it cost John. People may think we're odd. People may not want to be friends with us anymore. It may feel like you're in a dry and lonely wilderness at times. We may have people come out to hear us and they may listen or they may go away going like, whatever. What matters though is that we follow Jesus. The Jesus way And the way we get to live for him is his ways. And again, I'm not saying everybody in here is going to have the exact same role. Not everybody is supposed to be John. There was only one of them. There was only John the Baptist. He had his disciples and some of those came to follow Jesus as well. But yet we can be a part of the kingdom work that God has for us. We get to figure out our role. And then once we figure it out, you know what we get to do? Live into it. We get to walk it. This is what we have to do. And we get to, we, maybe uh, we don't know the next step in that, that we have to take. Maybe we can't see the totality of our role in, in this. And I pray that we may be able to discern what the next step is and take it. And to discern if we're to take that next step or sit and wait for God to show up. And then we take it with Him so we can seek Him together. I pray that we may repent of needing to fit in. Amen? 
I pray that we may be about the calling that God has placed on our lives. And in this, I used to hear this growing up and going, oh, am I supposed to be a pastor or a vocational missionary or anything like that? That is not what this is saying. It doesn't matter where God has you. I'm talking we can work for the glory of Jesus Christ in our lives. We can go to work and display the love of Christ. We can follow him at work. What about, I know many of us are parenting. It is very evident that God has called us to that. We can parent to the glory of God and walk in the ways that Jesus wants us to, even as we are parenting. And I think all of us, not all of us in here homeschool, but many of us do. We can homeschool to the glory of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Well, okay, thank you for saying amen, Josiah, because you know what we can do? Study and obey our parents for the glory of Jesus. We can be a good student. All of us have this in common. We can die to self and our selfishness and follow Christ and what he has for us. Now, following Jesus ultimately cost John his head. He lived in the wilderness and he preached and he was executed. I'm praying that that isn't our calling. Amen? I don't want that to be my calling, to be honest. But John was preparing the way for the one who was also executed. He was preparing the way for Jesus. John's life is a picture of someone who lived for Jesus. And in scriptures, thank God, this is not the only picture we get. We get other pictures. But at the forefront of this in in the book of Matthew, we get to learn to count the cost. What does it mean to follow Jesus? We, are we going to learn to trust that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and trust that Jesus has us on this path? Jesus gave his life so that we might have life. Jesus gave his life because he knew we wouldn't live this out perfectly. He knew we'd have to repent and turn to him. So let's do that. Let's do that. If you know what you are to do for Jesus then be about that work. If you're doing it, continue on that path. If you're not doing it, repent and be about that work that Jesus has for you. Now, if you don't know what it is, let's pray. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out together. Let's take this life that we have with Jesus seriously and let's take the fact that he's put us at least in this congregation and amongst other Christian friends and figure it out. We can pray about it. Okay, God, what do you have for me? If we have those questions, that's why we worship together. So we might be able to figure some of this out together. But Jesus knew what he was supposed to do, just like John did. He was to come and live a righteous life. He was come to show us a different way. He came to call us to follow him. And Jesus lived his life. And even in this, he went to the cross willingly for you and for me to forgive us of all the ways that we'd mess up in following him. He came to take our uncleanness and exchange it and give it his clean. I pray that we might accept this. He came so that we might find life in him. Jesus did go to the cross. And he went to the grave, just like John the Baptist went to prison and was beheaded and went to the grave The difference is Jesus didn't stay dead. Amen? He didn't stay man. Jesus is alive and well today. Let's follow him, Grace and Mercy Church.
I pray that this next week we may spend some time in contemplation. This next week that we are going to be talking about repentance next week as a way of seeking Jesus and preparing our hearts. I hope that we might spend some time this week looking at areas where Jesus is calling us to repent and walk with him. I pray this. Let us not ignore this work in our lives. Amen? Let us get to the work that he has for us. But by the way, if you're wondering if you have fruit in your life, I'll just give you this from this scripture here. You know what's fruit? Repentance. Keeping in fruit with repentance. Let us know why we are sent and live that way out. Jesus, I pray that you will come and you will speak to us. I pray, Lord, that your life will be an example for us. Lord, you didn't have to repent for you were perfect. But John came preaching repentance so that we might follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, I pray that we will do that. Pray that we may walk with you wholeheartedly. Father, be with us as we seek you. In Jesus' name, amen.